So, uh, as I said, we've been looking at the book of Proverbs, and the subject of Proverbs is wisdom. And uh, what we said is that wisdom is competence in regard to the realities of life. So, uh, you may be skilled or competent in a lot of things in life. You may be a skilled uh, businessman or carpenter or a musician, but wisdom is skill at life. Uh, It's being good at navigating the realities of life. Um, Someone also said that uh, wisdom is godliness in street clothes. So it's just that ability to apply the principles of the Bible to everyday life situations as they come. Um, Wisdom is also uh, knowing the right thing to do in the 80% of life situations where the moral rules don't directly apply. So you may know the moral rules, but the rules don't tell you who to marry or what job to take or uh, you know, when to move to a different city. All of those things take wisdom. And so uh, we've been looking at wisdom and uh, what it means to get it. And today I wanna talk about just the importance of wisdom. Uh, this is just so crucial, isn't it? Uh, wisdom is, is so important, not only because it makes our lives better, which it does. If you are wise, your life will be better. But wisdom uh, not only makes your life better, it actually makes you better for the world. Uh, The world needs Christians that are wise. They need us to be more than just knowledgeable about the Bible or knowledgeable about theology or great worshipers. The world needs people that are wise. The world needs people that are able to integrate the the sacred and the secular. Uh, The world needs Christians that that know how to live at work and know how to treat their families and know how to raise their kids, who know how to engage in business. And when a Christian is wise, boy, it is incredibly attractive, isn't it? And Tim Keller, who's uh, one of my favorite preachers, he tells a story when he was a seminary professor. And uh, one of his students was uh, in a doctoral uh, study program and uh, did a study where he surveyed 6,000 young people in their early 20s, and he asked them the question, uh, why did you embrace your parents' faith? He asked them uh, what contributed, what factors contributed to those children who embraced the faith of their parents? And he says the answer didn't come down to homeschool or even catechism or private school. Most of these kids said that they felt their parents understood the real world. In other words, their parents not only passed down the doctrine and the teaching, they also modeled wisdom. They knew that their parents had skill at life, and this was attractive and compelling, and it drew them to Christianity. People are drawn to Christian faith when they see our wisdom. There's a story about Solomon, the guy who wrote the book of Proverbs. He knew this. Um, There was an instance where the queen of Sheba, she was a queen of of Africa, and uh, she heard about Solomon's wisdom. He was said to be the wisest man who ever lived. She heard about his wisdom, and she made a journey across, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles to meet Solomon and to ask him questions not because he knew a lot about the Bible, not because she heard about his worship or she heard about the law, it's because she heard about his wisdom. Wisdom compelled her and drew her to Solomon's faith. And people will be drawn to our faith when they see our wisdom. This is one of the reasons why the book of Proverbs tells us 
that wisdom is like a beautiful jewel. It's like silver or gold or diamonds. And Proverbs 4, verse 7 says this. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Cherish her. She will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. The message is clear. Never, ever give up on your pursuit of wisdom. Do absolutely anything to get it, whatever it costs you. More important than money, more important than success at work, more important than anything else in life, get wisdom. It is just that precious. It is just that beautiful. It is just that important for Christians to have this. So here's the question I want to ask for a few minutes this morning. How do we get wisdom? If it's so important and they tell, the Proverbs tell us to get it, how do we grow in wisdom? And so what I did this week is I, I studied the book of Proverbs. And what's interesting is Proverbs doesn't just tell you what wisdom is. It actually tells you a lot about how to get it, how to grow in it, how to cultivate it. And so uh, interestingly, I found that Proverbs tells you three things about how to get wisdom. Only three things. Why is it? I don't know. Always three things. There are three things that the Proverbs tells us that we need to do if we're going to grow in our ability to be wise. So let's uh, look at them today. First, uh, people grow in wisdom, number one, when they receive instruction. If you're going to grow in wisdom, you've got to learn how to love instruction and receive, inst- and receive the teaching. Um, how many Ikea pieces of furniture were botched because you didn't read the instructions. Teachers, how many really smart students did you have to give a bad grade to because they didn't read the instructions? How many cars have I ruined? I actually hate to admit this. How many cars have I ruined because I didn't read the instructions? You know the little light that goes on that says check engine? That doesn't mean like when you get around to it, check the engine. It means something is is really, really wrong, like the oil might be gone. You destroy things when you don't read the instructions. And and there's, there's a metaphor in this about life. You will destroy your life. Uh, You will devastate your life if you're not a person who receives instruction. Listen to all the things the Proverbs tells us to uh, do with instruction. It says, listen or hear instruction. Take hold of instruction. Never let go of instruction. Keep instruction. Be well acquainted with instruction. Receive instruction. Seek out instruction. Love instruction. Apply instruction to your heart. Do not despise instruction or hate instruction and never refuse instruction. Instruction is really important if you're going to be wise. Wise people need to be lifelong learners. Wise people should never assume the posture of, yeah, I already know about that. I can do that already. I'll just wing it. It can't be that hard, could it? No, 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 no. Wise people assume that they need help that they don't know what they're doing and they reach out and they look to others for help. They receive instruction. One of the problems with our culture is is that we are so, uh, you know, we're all about us, right? We already, you know, you do you. Nobody has the right to tell me what to do. 
I will live my life the way I want, how I want. I know what's best for me. Listen, that attitude, unfortunately, will put you down the path of foolishness and destruction. Wise people say, I don't know what's right for me. I don't think I I understand. I actually need help. And so wise people are really good at receiving instruction. Well, how do they do that? First of all, uh, wise people receive instruction through the Bible. There are all sorts of things in the Bible uh, about living. Uh, The Bible teaches us instruction about uh, marriage, about money, about parenting, about work. There are all sorts of instruction in the Bible for living. And wise people study their Bible and they And they study people who know the Bible and they listen to sermons because they love instruction. What I love about about this church is this church loves instruction. And what a joy is it as a teaching pastor to teach a group of people that come to church every Sunday, taking notes, praying that God would prepare their hearts and enable them to receive the teaching. You all are so good at that and I want to commend that and encourage you to keep on doing that because that's how you grow in wisdom. Receive the instruction. Oh, in fact, uh, to follow Jesus is all about discipleship. And literally in Greek, a disciple is a learner. Are you a lifelong learner? Do you love to study the Bible? Are you committed to its teaching? Here's another way uh, that you can grow in wisdom through instruction is, is seek instruction, especially in major life transitions. Are you having a baby right now? Maybe some of you are. Don't just approach that situation by saying, you know what, I think I'll just wing parenthood. It can't be that hard, could it? You know, Jim Gaffigan uh, famously has this joke where he said, you know, you want to know what it's like to have four kids? Imagine that you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. You can't do that on your own. If you're entering into a new venture on parenting, you need to read books and listen to podcasts and and for God's sake, in the best sense of the word, find a good parent and ask them advice. Are you getting married? Just don't, don't just assume that you already know how to do it well. There are so many really good marriages in this congregation. People that have been married for decades just chock full of wisdom about marriage. Pick their brain, solicit their advice. Yoke yourself to another couple that can help you learn. Instruct. Who can instruct you about marriage? Have you just graduated from college and you're looking for a job? Don't Don't just assume you already know what to do. Ask advice, read a book, listen to a podcast. Wise people assume they don't know what to do and they look to others for wisdom. In other words, I'm asking you, please don't be unteachable. Don't be in a place where when you listen to a sermon, you think that would be great for somebody else. Don't get to a point where you are so opinionated that you can't learn from somebody else's point of view. The Bible says fools are wise in their own eyes 
They already assume that they've got it right, but wise people are lifelong learners and they listen to and they love and they grab hold of instruction and they never let go. Second of all, uh, people uh, who grow in wisdom, they do something else. Not only do they receive instruction, wise people also engage in reflection. Engage in reflection. Look at Proverbs uh, chapter 4, verse 20. It's, uh, it's all about reflection. Notice the reflective words in this passage. It says, my son, be attentive or pay attention. It's all about reflection. To my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are like life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech from... Uh, devious talk from you, let your eyes look directly forward and gaze, and your gaze be straight before you. And then it says this, verse 26, ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left, turn your foot away from evil. Notice it says ponder your feet. The wise person not only ponders the Bible, he or she also ponders their feet. Uh, because when you're going, life is like a path. It's like a journey. You're, you're going down a way. And you're either going down the way of wisdom or unwisdom. And the way you walk down a path is through uh, in incremental steps. You take steps down a path. And so the way you become wise or foolish is through choices, steps. Are you paying attention to the steps you're taking? Wise people engage in reflection. They ponder their path. They ask themselves, why do I spend money like this? Is it good? Is it wise? They say, why do I talk to my kids like this? Is it good that I talk? The words that I'm using, are they good words? Are they bad words? They also think about the way they engage in work. Am I a good boss? Am I a bad boss? How do I know? What do I do? I mean, what do they, they think about their actions and they ponder their steps and they reflect upon their lives. Unfortunately, our culture is way too busy for deep reflection. Uh, Tim Keller puts it this way. He says, wisdom cannot be conveyed through a series of TED Talks or executive briefings. It is inaccessible to people too busy for its method. It comes first through experience and then through deep, honest reflection on that experience. It emerges only as we ask ourselves searching questions. Wisdom is different than knowledge. It's insight. In order to get insight, you need to reflect. Do you make space in your life to think about how you're living? Uh, do you get up early in the morning in the quiet and, and not only think about the Bible, but also think about your life and how you're living it? So often we get to either good or bad places in life through the small little decisions we make. As Albert Camus said, uh, your life is the sum of all your decisions. I think it was Annie Dillard who said, how we spend our days is of course how we spend our lives. What we do with this hour and that one is what we are doing. How are you spending your hours? How many times do you swipe right on that iPhone? What are you looking at? How are you treating your kids? You see, you, you, won't, you won't grow in wisdom until you begin to reflect on some of those things in your life. 
There's a great uh, quote by Francis Spufford. It's kind of a long quote. It's not going to come up on the screen, so I'm taking a risk here, but it describes how foolishness happens. He says, the realization of our foolishness often comes at one of the classic moments of adult failure. When a marriage ends, when a career stalls or crumbles, when a relationship fades away with a child seen only on Saturdays, when the supposedly recreational coke habit turns out to be exercising veto powers over every other hope and dream. But then he says, it need not be dramatic though. It can equally well just be the drifting into place of one more pleasant, indistinguishable little atom of wasted time. One more morning like all the others, which quietly discloses to your, you to yourself. You're lying in the bath, and you notice that you're 39, and you don't have children, and that the way you're living bears scarcely any resemblance to what you think you've always wanted. Yet you got there by choice, by a long series of choices for things which at any moment temporarily outbid the things you say you wanted most. What choices are you making? Do they agree with the things that you say you want most? You see, you need to reflect and you need to be quiet long enough to think about your life so that you can become wise. So that's the second thing. Uh, Wisdom involves, number one, receiving instruction. Number two, engaging in reflection. And then thirdly, uh, we're going to see that wisdom also involves, I'll find it here, embracing the correction. You got to embrace the correction. Uh, This is the most painful part of becoming wise. Everybody wants to be wise, but few of us know that becoming wise happens through correction. Uh, In the book of Proverbs, uh, a word that occurs over and over again is this word discipline, and it's the Hebrew word musar. Can we all say that, musar? No, no, like like musar, musar. And it's a wonderful word. It's a word for being grilled by an instructor who often gets in your face. Uh, In other words, it means wisdom comes through the pain of personal confrontation. Has anybody ever confronted you and corrected you, gotten mad at you, and told you that you were wrong? It's hard to say that word. (laughs) Wisdom comes by receiving that correction. You may think it's unfair. You may not agree with it. But the only way you're going to grow wise is to receive that correction and ask yourselves, what truth is there in, in that? Am I wrong? Are they right? Wise people f- surround themselves with friends and not fans. Fans always tell you what you want to hear. But friends will correct you when you're wrong. Do you receive that correction? Uh, for so many of us, it's hard to confront those dark areas of our personality. It's hard to look in the mirror honestly. But listen, your deepest flaws are visible to everybody. 
and you walk around with them every day, loving people will tell you the truth. And if you're wise, you will respond to that correction. So this involves not only a personal confrontation, but correction also involves uh, the pain of the consequences of our bad decisions. Uh, the book of Proverbs, uh, it talks about the connection between action and consequence, between sowing and reaping. God has created the world in such a way that, that when you act foolishly, bad things happen to you. In the Proverbs, when you do something dumb, it's not so much that God punishes you. Life punishes you. If you spend your money frivolously, you may not have enough money to pay the rent. If you use your words like a fool, chances are you're gonna ruin your marriage or at least a good one. If you're angry and you refuse to forgive, chances are you're only gonna hurt yourself. Wisdom or foolishness hurts. And wise people learn from that pain. Uh, There's a mercy in the poor consequences of of our foolishness and that they teach us that we can learn from our mistakes. You know, everybody's foolish in some ways. Uh, Maybe you're here and you're a greedy fool. Or maybe you're an angry fool. Or maybe you're a lazy fool. All of us are fools. The Bible says, the Proverbs say that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. We're all born fools. The question is not whether you are foolish. The question is, can you learn from your mistakes? Can you receive correction? Uh, Wisdom also comes through the school of hard knocks. Uh, Not so much the consequences of our bad behavior, but often through innocent suffering. From the pain and trials that God judiciously allows into our lives. Uh, Proust, um, Marcel Proust, I think that's the way you pronounce that name. He said, wisdom can be discovered only after a journey through the wilderness, which no one can make for us, which no one can spare us. All of us will go through the wilderness. All of us will experience pain of some kind or another. Some of it, you may be in it right now. Wise people receive that as God's correction. Not so much God correcting you when you're wrong, but just, so much, just as, that, as a tool to grow you deeper in wisdom. Jesus, uh, when he wanted his disciples to grow, when he wanted them to be deep and, and have good character, he didn't just teach them. He did a lot of teaching, but he didn't just instruct them. He would take them into a boat and send them into a storm. And there they would learn faith and character and patience and long-suffering. Wisdom comes through pain. Suffering develops character and character develops hope. One of my favorite preachers is John Corson. And he's a great communicator, super smart. Uh, but he also lost his wife when he was in his 20s. And then he lost his daughter when he was in his 30s. And then he lost his son when he was in his 50s. And yet he never left Jesus. 
And now he's in his 70s. And he is a deep, wise sage. Because of his response to suffering. Wise people embrace correction. Can I add another? I I said three. Can I put one more in there? Here's here's a fourth one. Uh, People who grow in wisdom also know the source of wisdom. Notice throughout the book of Proverbs, uh, wisdom is pictured as as a woman, lady wisdom. And lady wisdom offers wisdom to, to everybody. But notice she doesn't invite people into a classroom to learn from her. She doesn't offer to sell her books to anybody who wants to buy it at a new low price. She invites people to come. She invites people to come and and eat with her at her table. Wisdom is personal. Wisdom comes through relationship. After all, one proverb says, walk with the wise and you will become wise. And so the Lady Wisdom says, come get to know me. Come eat at my table. Come have fellowship with me. And in knowing me, you're going to become wise. My wisdom is going to rub off on you. A lot of people say that wisdom, Lady Wisdom, is a metaphor for, uh, for God and, and Jesus Christ, a, a picture of Jesus Christ who will come. In fact, the New Testament says in uh, 1 Corinthians 1.24, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Uh, Colossians 2.3 says that in Christ are hidden all the treasure, treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Um, Jesus himself in, in Matthew 12 said this, the queen of the south will rise up in judgment with the generation and con- condemn it. He's talking about the queen of Sheba who came to visit Solomon. She's going to rise up and judge the generation that Jesus is talking to. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Jesus is saying, I am wisdom. I created you and I redeemed you through the cross. I am wisdom itself, and the way you get wisdom is by knowing where it's found. It's found in a relationship with Jesus. If you walk with Jesus, you will become wise. And so the question is, uh, before you've listened to instruction or engaged in reflection or embraced the correction, is do you know the source of wisdom? Do you have a relationship with him? Tim Keller says that to be loved and not known is superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be known and loved is what we need more than anything. And he says it's a lot like being loved by God. Because in Jesus Christ, we were known to the bottom. He knows how foolish you are. And yet we were loved to the skies. He gave his life for you. And in this environment of safety and love, you can admit that you're a fool and you can safely grow in wisdom. Do you know him? Do you you have a relationship with Jesus? Knowing him is the source of all wisdom. 
And so wisdom is a beautiful thing. The proverb says it's like jewels, it's like gold, silver. It says, pursue wisdom more than anything else in life. It'll make you better, it'll make your life better. It makes you better for the world. So let's cultivate it, let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for uh, the truth of of the Proverbs. Uh, You tell us not only about wisdom, but also how to grow in wisdom. And Lord, I pray that uh, we would be those who are disciples, truly disciples, uh, those who sit at your feet, uh, those who learn from you, who follow you. And I pray, God, that through the scripture, uh, through uh, knowing one another and teaching one another to be wise, that you would help us to cultivate wisdom. And Father, I pray that we would become a compelling community that knows how to bridge the sacred and the secular, who lives out godliness in street clothes, who exhibits skill in regard to the reality of life. God, make us wise, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.